Hello, my name is Aviel Parente, and this is the Light of the Torah. This week's Parsha is Parshat Chaye Sara. We start off this week's Parsha with uh, the tragic loss of our matriarch Sarai Menu and the negotiations between Avraham and Efron Achiti uh, in his negotiations to acquire Marat HaMachpelah where he buries his wife. And then we transition into the story of Avraham on the quest to find Yitzchak, his son, a wife. He sends out uh, his most trusted servant to Haran, to uh, the land where he came from, to go and find uh, the proper girl to marry uh, his son. Now, upon arrival, Eliezer prays to God and says, please uh, let this girl be the proper one. Let me be uh, successful and fulfill my mission to my master, Abraham. And the next thing he knows, Rivka just pops up to the well and uh, she starts drawing water. And he asks her to, if she could have something to drink. And she said, yeah, I'll give you water and your camels. And that's how the story begins. Uh, he goes back to the home of of. Rivka's father, Abituel, and they eat and they discuss the marriage proposal. And ultimately, uh, Bituel asks Rivka if she wants to go, and she says yes. So Eliezer returns home with Rivka um, and introduces Rivka to Yitzchak. And it's, it's, it's fascinating uh, when you read the Psukim inside, it's, it's truly the first romance to ever be written. Uh, it's the first time the word ahava, love, is ever used in the Torah. Um, Yitzchak immediately falls in love with her, with Rivka. And it's, it's an incredible story uh, when you actually read the text itself. But that's just the basic summary. At the end of this week's Parsha, we read about the uh, passing of Avraham Avinu, as well as his son Ishmael. Uh, which is fascinating uh, in and of itself. But focusing on Rivka Imenu, she is the archetypal matriarch in Judaism. We hear the most about her, both in this week's Parsha and in next week's Parsha, Parsha Toldot, more on that next week. Um, we hear the most of her story and how she arrived in the picture, essentially, uh, than any other of the Imahot. With Sarah, we only hear the story with her and the angels when she hears that she's going to have a son, the birth of Yitzchak, and the story when she wants Hagar expelled from her house. Um, and with Rachel and Leah, we really only hear about them when Yaakov has to work for them. Uh, for, in a couple of weeks, we're going to talk about Yaakov working for Lavan. Um, so he can marry Rachel and Leah. Um, and then when they give birth to uh, the 12 tribes. Um, and then with Rachel, we hear the story about her death. Um, but we really don't get into the, the, their actual stories, um, who they are. We don't hear from another perspective. We usually hear it from the perspective of Avraham with Sarah and Yaakov with Rachel and Leah. But with Rivka, it's different. 
Now, it's important to note, we have two seemingly different versions of Rivka. This week, we have the young, naive, um, compassionate uh, Rivka. She, that, that makes her um, the perfect wife, essentially, for Yitzchak. And next week, we see her as more of an intelligent person, uh, use it, utilizing strategy and other things. More on that next week, though. The values of Rifka Menu severely contradict those of uh, her families and evidently of her societies. She carelessly and selflessly draws water for Eliezer, a seemingly strange person from who knows where, and hit the men that he has with him and the camels that he has with him. And she does it just out of chesed, out of kindness. And then when they get to uh, the house of Betuel, Lavan, Rivka's brother, sees that, he, that she had received gifts from Eliezer, and he immediately runs because he, he, he's in it for the money, essentially. And because of this, we can tell that there is a seeming contradiction between the values and morals and ethics of Rivka and Menu, which evidently make her the perfect person to marry Yitzchak, but she seems to not fit in the place that she's living. And so, at the first chance that she gets, the first opportunity that she is given, she leaves. Betuel, her father, asks her if she wants to go and be married to Yitzchak, and she says yes, and they immediately go back and, and return to Avram's house to meet Yitzchak. And it's such an important lesson to learn from Rivka Imenu that if we are surrounded, when we are surrounded by quote-unquote evil, by negative influences, if we're surrounded by a not-so-great reality, then at whatever opportunity we have, we need to jump at the chance and try to escape, try to leave that reality so that way we can formulate a new reality for ourselves, start a new life, a better life, one with positive influences, one with more good. The application of this would be uh, in terms of social media. Limiting our access to that has been proven to, to benefit our psyche. And obviously social media has its pros, I wouldn't be making these videos and putting them randomly. I use YouTube, and that is a form of social media. But it all has to be in limitation because inevitably there is a lot of negative influence on these platforms in terms of the news, regular media, politics. These things ruin relationships, unfortunately. It's gotten to that point, and we need to in a way, tone it down. And the only way to do that is not to be engulfed so much by it. I, I hear stories from my grandparents and even my parents who tell me the news was a set showing a couple of hours a day and that was it. It was just to, to know what was happening in the world and that was it. Now it's all the time, constantly, 24-7. Or for us, 24-6. Shabbat Kodesh. It's a blessing for us uh, to, to, to have once a week you know, to shut off from, from from the world. It becomes harmful if we become so engulfed 
in it. Think about it in terms of your own life. Has it ever happened to you where you've had a disagreement with someone who you cared about, who was a good friend, or who you had another special connection to, and that tarnished it, even if it didn't fully ruin it? We've, we all know people who it has ruined relationships for them, but even if it just tarnished it a little bit, is that not a problem? Unfortunately, it seems to be a contemporary phenomenon that occurs in all of our lives. And we need to learn from Rivka to leave the negative influences behind. You know, and, and that's a challenge. It truly is. It's not easy to get off of all the platforms. And I'm not even saying that we should. I think that there are so many great things that come out of it. But to minimize the, uh, Im- uh, the influence that we have from it, so that way we can mitigate the impact that it has on our lives negatively. Rifkai Menu, in all of her compassion and kindness and, and chesed, that is what makes her the archetypal matriarch that she was. That is why she was selected to be the wife of Yitzchak. And that's why when he first saw her, he immediately fell in love. Because he saw that she resembled the proper matriarch. Rivka is a significant name for me personally. It's the name of one of my great-grandmothers. It's the name of one of my grandmothers. It's my sister's middle name. I hold this name so dearly and I hope to find someone like Rivka Imenu, somebody that is compassionate, kind, giving of herself, so much so that she's willing to take risks and jump at opportunities to make a better reality for herself and for other people. And I wish that for everybody, that we can all find that Rivka in our life and that we can identify that Rivka and make our own reality all the better for it. With that, I wish everybody a Shabbat Shalom.